This is Magic City Soccer. Es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. Let's go, Miami FC. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Vamos, Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, bitches. This is Magic City Soccer, your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Hello, soccer fans in South Florida and beyond, and welcome to our show. Happy to have you. Uh, I am Matthew Bunch, in case you don't know, and with me tonight is Omar Mubayad. Omar, how you doing, pal? Doing really well, Matt. How are you doing, my friend? Pretty good. I can't complain. I can't complain. The The soccer season is in full spring. No, full. Well, we're still in spring, I guess, so I guess it kind of counts. Full swing. Yeah, today felt like a spring day, didn't it? With the, the nice did. extra breeze coming in off the ocean. Very nice. Absolutely. We have switched to weather talk, so you know Magic things City are going weather. well. Yes. Um, so, a big week in the books and a big week to look forward to head. So let's dive right in and let's start with Inter-Miami. And Inter-Miami, for all its faults over the last year and change, the last 14 months, I guess, since it actually took the field in March of 2020, a big, I guess, complaint or a big issue has been the inability of the club to really dig out 90 minutes of play. And that has continued this year. But the difference is, is that we've seen now multiple times Inter-Miami pull out from a losing position or a, a disadvantageous position and get points that they may not have been able to do. And the most recent example is what we saw over the weekend, Omar. It's a game against FC Cincinnati. The team came out hot, built the lead, blew it, got the winner at the end of the game, a 3-2 victory at FC Cincinnati. The first time a visiting team has won in a stadium debut since 2011 with Montreal, um, which with what was then Montreal Impact. Um, I thought it was an interesting game. I don't want to use the word impressive because impressive would have been, as I mentioned over the weekend, putting your foot to the accelerator and winning 4-1. Uh, but it's a show of heart, and and I found that I found that particular part of it, the fact that they were able to turn back on and get the result, pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely, because it's easy to hang your head going up two 0 and then you know letting in really a soft goal by Barrio in the 59th minute, um, but then really seeing the equalizer come in in the 82nd minute uh, from Haglund from Cincinnati. I think that's really deflating because at that point you're trying to see the match out with about eight, you know, 10 minutes left, including stoppage time. And all you're really trying to do there is kind of, you know, hold the line, maybe add an insurance goal if you can. You know, Inter-Miami was pressing forward at times. And, you know, even even early on in the game, you know, when you see Breck Shea opening up the account, uh, for Inter Miami in that match, it's one of those where you look at the goal and you're like, you know, it's the flashes of brilliance of Breck Shea that come in and out, right? And it, it's really almost indicative of the whole team where you see flashes of brilliance, and yet it, there's just these spells of just, you know, I, I don't want to use the word dullness, maybe perhaps dullness, right? Where it's just something seems not there, right? It's like that that that, that spark of brilliance, and then it kind of fic- flickers a little bit, um, but then it comes right back. And I think what you saw was more of it coming right back than we see as, you know, as we watch Inter-Miami um, here in their second campaign uh, in MLS play. And and really just, you know, you can see the raw energy in Gonzalo Higuain after he scored the header uh, from the assist of Lewis Morgan, just kind of that, that breath of life, right, coming back into the team. And, and then, you know, the remaining minutes after then into the closing whistle, just 
everybody looked like they had fresh legs all of a sudden, you know, it was just that jolt of energy that I feel like sometimes is missing from time to time um, from the inner Miami side. Yeah. I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who's a big soccer fan this week um, at work. And the, the thing I kind of came up with as we were talking is like, this is a great 60 minute team. And sometimes they're going to be the first 60 minutes and then 30 minutes you hope they can grind it out. Sometimes it's going to be 30 minutes at the front, 30 minutes at the back. You don't know when you're going to see it, but they need to figure out a way to become more of a 90-minute team. And even if that means kind of leveling out a little bit, they're capable of, of, of streaks of brilliance. They're capable of, of knocking in two goals in 10 or 15 minutes, totally within their capability. They, they have individual skill on the pitch that can make that happen. But it just seems like, and, and, and maybe this is a new manager finding his legs, Maybe these are new players in, in or play, players, returning players, but with new responsibilities trying to slot in. But it just seems like they, you know, that word dull, I think, you know, it's like a, a dulled knife, you know, like it's just, it's not, yeah. they're not sharp. They're not cutting. They're not, they're, they, they don't put the foot on the throat and, and end it. There's, they, they never end a match. Every match they're in goes to the 90th minute. And and that is good in a way because they always seem to be in it generally, forgetting about Montreal. But <laughs> um, but at the same time, you can never really be comfortable and just enjoy it and let them kick the ball around the pitch and, and I mean, really take a deserving win. I mean, they've they've really taken the culture of South Florida sports to heart. Really, if you think about it, haven't they? Where they just they got to make it interesting all the way to the last second. You can't yes. ever really. You cannot really ever. Uh, you know, with the exception of a few years there with the Miami Heat, you just can't ever get there where you're like, all right, we're good. Like, you know, I can turn the game off now. Like, I don't have to. Yeah. I don't have to sit here and, and have this uh, feeling of dread. But you know, it, it is. You know, you, you got two hard fought draws in Nashville and Atlanta. Um, you know, nil nil, one one, respectively, a couple of weeks back. Um, and and then just you have that deflating performance against Montreal, who you're sharing a stadium with, who like you would think, right? Statement game, right? We're allowing we're allowing you guys to use the our facility. We're going to show you who the home team is, right? And yet, yes. you know, it just it doesn't really work out that way. It's a very weird thing, you know. Twenty twenty one is proving to be uh, a little bit weird early on in the soccer pitch, but I think it was really important for Neville's guys to to get a win, and and a win they did. You know, at the end of the day, you saw a lot of commentary about how you know this is Cincinnati. You needed to make a statement. You you know, this is not necessarily a good team as teams still trying to find their way with an MLS. And you know, my heart, you know, my heart goes out to the Cincinnati, the Cincy talk. Can't even talk the Cincy soccer talk guys, right? Yeah. Because you know they they definitely deserve better than what they've been seeing. Uh, you know, here in, at the MLS level, but at the same time, yeah, you, you got to feel for inner Miami and hopefully this is a good stepping stone to, you know, accelerate more points here. You're going to have a road trip coming up to Chicago. Uh, Chicago is another team towards the bottom of the table that you need to be able to take care of business of. And if you do not take care of business against the teams at the bottom of the table, it's going to be really hard to find yourself in a playoff position come at the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, ultimately the recipe for success is, you know, wins at home, draws on the road. And wins against the bottom half, draws against the top half, you know, and avoiding losses as much as possible. And so far, we've seen an Inter-Miami squad that, to their credit, has generally avoided the losses, right? They've been trying, they've been picking and scraping up points where possible. But you do have to question, have they gotten into the teeth of their schedule? Have they really faced the heavy hitters yet? Um, and, and we know they faced well with Montreal, even though Montreal did get a, um, a, a bit of a bad result over the weekend. 
Um, that team has looked pretty pretty okay in the early going, and they racked up a pretty significant win against Inter. Um, you've you've got to it's it's TCB time. You got to take care of business uh, and pick up the points where you can, so that when those harder games come, you can absorb a loss here and there. And yeah. I mean, if you look at the fixture list, right? We're talking about their next four matches are Chicago, DC United, DC United, Chicago. I'm sorry, Orlando. So you're looking at matches here that you know all of teams on the bottom half, with the exception, obviously, of Orlando, which is going to probably be their first game against. Uh, really a top five, top four opponent since Montreal, at least within the Eastern Conference, that, you know, you know those games against D.C. United, you have to rack up the points. You know, if you want to take one point on the road from D.C. United, that's fine. You know, we're always going to live with a road draw. That's not an issue. But you've got to take care of business at home. You've got to go on the road, and you've got to get a win at Chicago. Chicago scored three goals all season. They're 0-1-4, and right? Yeah. Uh, they, they, there is no business there. But – for whatever reason, the squeaky wheel that is the inner Miami defense seems to letting goals at the most opportune time, at the most inopportune time, I should say. And you cannot allow Chicago to rectify, you know, that disaster of a season that they're having off your bank. You, you can't allow that to happen. Yeah. So it, it will be an interesting, uh, interesting scene for sure. That's is that's a late kickoff. The is Chicago a, game, six p.m. Yes, six p.m. So late-ish. Some won't be down yet, but that, at least it's an evening kick. These these afternoon kicks, I don't know. I I'm, I, I like late night soccer. That's just me. Uh, there's something about MLS that I feel it should always be uh, after dark. But um, that should be an interesting game to see. Again, I don't want to say measuring stick game because you you're hoping that you're better off than Chicago. But I think the measuring stick is three points. You know, no, it's right. like the measure. You, no, no, yeah. anything less than three points is a disaster. Even on the yeah. road here early yeah. on in the season. Again, you know, this is a team all one and four. Scored three goals all season. Like, no, this needs to be the get-right game for the defense. This needs to be the I'm comfortable in between the posts, John McCarthy game. Like, you know, I'm sorry. Like, this needs to be a clean sheet. You need to go out there and show that you're part of the big boys here in the Eastern Conference if you really want to make a strong case for competing. Because let me tell you, that June 25th game against Orlando on a Friday night, at, you know, at, you know, Lockhart or Inter-Miami CF Stadium, sorry, Dry Pink Stadium, I'm going to name them all. It's like the Joe <laughs> Robbie situation. Yes. Even though we've got only, you know, a year one and a quarter under our belt. Um, that's a massive game, man. That's a massive game. Because yeah. that is, you know, the first time where we're going to get with fans in the stadium, that Florida coast, you know, that, that Orlando-Miami rivalry. And I think, you know, everything's going to be leading up into that game. And if you come into that game out of sorts, that that's not a game you want to come into kind of, you know, licking your chops and trying to figure out what it is that we need to do to get right. You need to be right heading into that game. Yeah. That's a game, especially with the intensity dialed up. That's a game where a small mistake can become a big mistake. And all of a sudden you are chasing and chasing hard and, and, and it could get out of hand. So, um, but that'll be a lot of fun. So we have the road game, as you said, coming up against, Chicago Fire at Soldier Field and the club's back next weekend um, hosting full stadium against DC United at Drive Pink Saturday, May 29th at 8 p.m. So that'll be interesting. We'll discuss that game uh, as it draws closer. One other Inter-Miami note to touch on before we move on to the other club in town uh, and their really big weekend that we're super excited for. Um, We love kit talk here. We love talking about the kits and Inter-Miami released a new kit Today, as part of a league-wide initiative, Adidas is the uh, the kit provider for Major League Soccer. 
and um, Adidas, as it has done with its universities, has created um, a jersey in partnership with Parley, um, designed to show support for ocean health, made with uh, recycled ocean plastic. Um, it is a choice. That's what I would say, Omar. You see, <laughs> design choice from the folks over at Adidas. What do you think? Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to paraphrase the tweet I put out nine hours ago to earlier today. Um, and this was before knowing, right. That essentially every club got the exact same color combination. And there was not a, just a, a blatant disregard for the blue and orange kit from the other professional soccer team in South Florida. Uh, initially seeing the kit, I thought, Oh my God, this is a ripoff. Right. And if you're Miami FC, you, you should be furious at this, right. Because you're looking at yeah. a blue and orange kit and it's, it is, it's blatant, it's blatant infringement on the colors of the other club in town. It is 100%. It's blatant infringement. Like if Miami FC turned around and said, we're going to release a special edition kit and it's black and pink, what can you imagine how quickly the attorneys at Inter-Miami CF are going to be filing some kind of injunction to stop the release of, of those jerseys or to stop the release of those, of those kits or the sales? I mean, like it would literally be within minutes. Like, oh my God, this got released. Holy shit, we need to stop it. Like that's exactly what would happen. So I, you know, I, I to me, it's disrespectful. Again, this is prior to it being a league-wide announcement where pretty much everybody's rocking a blue and orange. Do I like the way the kit looks? Yes. Does it make me think that, you know, we could be doing a little more with Macron kits, you know, on the other side of the county line? Yes, right? Uh, would I buy one of these kits? Listen, man, I've learned my lesson. I, if, I, if I wait four or five months, they're going to be $30 a Ross. So I might, you might take my chances on this one, on this one here. Uh, I might pick up the $30 special. I think I've learned my lesson not to, not to shell out the money for $90. But I will say um, I'm a big fan, big fan of um, Parley stuff. I'm a big fan of, 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 of the initiative. I'm a big fan of the movement. I own multiple Parley jerseys. I own multiple Parley shoes and, and, and Parley quarter zips. So I, I, this is a good initiative. I appreciate that MLS continues to do it year after year, despite sometimes, you know, fans and supporters thinking, oh, this is ugly, this is hideous. It's, it's for the greater good. So my, my general comments on this, uh, again, I am a bit of an obsessive with, when it comes to jerseys. Um, and I have a critical eye. Uh, and I think Adidas does good stuff. Um, and I think Adidas does bad stuff. I think they're, I would say they're in the upper half of kit providers, not the best, uh, but by far not the worst. And as you said, Parley, they've, they've had partnerships with Parley before. I really liked uh, keeping it local. Uh, the University of Miami has had multiple uh, Parley jerseys yep. um, over the course of the last like two to three years, I believe. And I think they've been really good because they have generally kind of folded in the aesthetic of the university while at the same time folding in the Parley aesthetic. Um, my issue with this kit is that it doesn't, to me, like kind of alluding to what you talked about, it doesn't look like an Inter-Miami kit at all, right? And, and that was the choice they made for uh, the, the number of teams who are involved here. Uh, you know, there's a blue and a white, and the, the white has accents of blue, and the blue has accents of orange. Correct. And I just, I'm left thinking, like, how much better would this jersey look with the Inter Miami pink instead of the orange? Yes, I, I don't think that was an I don't think that was an option that Adidas gave them. And I also wonder how often when they release these like special edition kits, how much collaboration goes between the club and 
with the designer, well, in this case, sure. you know, Adidas. But I will say, you know, I think when you're presented option A and option B here, because you have to assume, right, that they have, they were at least shown, hey, we're going to either go with option A or option B, which do you prefer? You take option A here, if not for any other reason, but there's another team in town that rocks blue and orange. Yeah, I just, it's, it, it, with, it has been one of the criticisms of, of Adidas with the MLS kit is the kind of cookie cutter nature of some of the designs. And, and there are fun little flourishes on the inner Miami kits. Um, but, you know, it's been a league wide, you know, it's not some great revelation that I'm calling out Adidas for this, that the kits generally look similar. Of course. And, but like, I don't know, it just seems like a small thing that could have been done to like ground it in the aesthetic of Parley while featuring the nod to the club that couldn't have taken that much work. And at the same time, especially with Miami, that blue and that pink would have looked really cool. It would have looked really to boot. It would have looked really good. Um, so uh, yeah, to me, it's, uh, it, it's a bit of a swing and miss. Um, I don't hate it at all. I don't hate it, but. But it just, if it, you look at, just, just look at the union kit, look at the Vancouver kit, look at the alternate yes. of the blue and orange kit. You yes. take that kit and you put that just with the inter Miami CF logo and it looks cleaner. It looks more of what that club of, of what you would align with that club, right? Yeah. You take the blue and the bright orange or burnt orange or crimson or whatever you want to call it, and you put it together, you know, I just, it, it doesn't make sense. It, to me, there's something about it. It's just completely off, right? There's a, there's something about it that just doesn't seem to add up. And like I said, I like it on a personal level, aesthetically with Parley kits. I like it. I like this color combo. I love the white that, you know, almost signifies a camouflage in and of itself on the mm-hmm. chest you know i could do without kind of like that weird mint silver that they have in the shoulders but you know i i like it a lot i think it's a great i think it was well designed and i think it's you know again they love the story behind it but man like again you, you know when you were given option a and option b you should have picked the other option here yeah so it's definitely a choice and you'll see them you'll see them sell it's really the first different looking option that inner Miami fans are going to have. It's, it's, the, it's the Miami Dolphins inner Miami kit. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean that's a fair point. And if you're going for that angle, that 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 doesn't hurt. You know what I mean? Um, if if you you can pick up kind of that cross section of fans that way, that that would be good for business. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know it's an option. We'll see what other interesting kit choices or may come down the pike uh, in the near or the future. They need that 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 pink kit. The long yes, awaited I mean, pink that's, and black clit. That's the that's one, got, you know what I'm saying? That's got to be it. That's got to be the next uh, jersey reveal whenever it may come because <laughs> I feel like folks are calling out for that. So moving away from uh, high fashion and uh, bringing it back to the pitch, uh, we've got a game to recap and a game to preview for the Miami FC. Uh, they pick up a win, really nice win uh, in New Jersey uh, against New York Red Bulls 2. Um, a club that has historically had a pretty high level of success in USL, um, previous league champion, um, going up there, going up to New Jersey and getting three points. Omar, what'd you take away from that game? Connor Sparrow's good, man, isn't he? He really yes. is. Even not really just in is. the conversation he had with Leon or Instagram. And if you haven't had a chance to check that out yet, you do need to watch it. Uh, he's good. He's good. And, and, and listen, we've had good goal. We've had good goalkeepers here. 
at, at, at Miami FC. And, and I just feel like Connor Sparrow is another one that you just kind of slot right on in there. Like Miami FC's pedigree at left back, you just slot another one on in there and they just, they they seem to work. Right. Um, But I think a lot of it too is, you know, understanding it is a one nil game. So it's very easy just to focus on like, Hey, you know, Speedy Williams got the goal. And and if I'm not mistaken, got the Jamaican national team call up, you know, congratulations on that. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I think also like the defense is looking good. I think that we were all a little bit concerned with the defense heading into uh, this new season. I think we all had kind of a little bit concerned. How is the, you know, how are they going to gel? This is another massive, you know, overturn. Lance Roseboom's not in the back. You know, a lot of the guys from last year aren't on this roster anymore. You know, how is this back four going to come together? And and let me tell you that the back four is, you know, for lack of better words, it's gelled pretty well. You know, through three games, you've only given up two goals. You know, mind you, unfortunately, you lose a heartbreaker to Hartford in a game you probably should have won. But at the same time, you know, hey, man, like, they're doing pretty good here. They're getting the job done. Um, and I think this is a testament to the four guys at the back. Uh, yeah, I've been – I think the big word uh, that has been uh... – uh, popping in my mind watching Miami FC in general, uh, with the exception of the Hartford game, is composure. They have generally yeah. been composed, and this team has always found success, as you said, when you have a reliable set of hands and feet in the frame, uh, you know, serving as goalkeeper, and you have a spine that you can build out back from, that you have, you're confident in your defense, you're confident in them on the ball, you're confident in them defending and, and preserving a lead. You know, uh, we, we've seen a little bit of everything from this club, but what we know for sure is that they, they're they not a team that if, if they're leaking two or three goals a game, even though they can score three or four, right, typically the, the defense leads to the offense. If they're able to uh, be confident on the ball at the back, then they'll be able to get their goals, and, and they are a front runner. They get ahead, they stay ahead. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and last year it was very difficult for them to get ahead. It was very difficult for them to be composed in games. Uh, and obviously it's such a weird year with everything going on, coming up to the new level and all the uncertainty of the world. But it is a, a little bit like a, a you know, like a, a return to old form. Obviously there are going to be greater challenges down the road to face for the club, but it is, it, it's, I don't know, winning a one nil game like that, or it was one nil, but, it really felt like they had it. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. it, 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 it never mean, really it felt like, you know, compared to say inner Miami up two nil against Cincinnati, you, you felt that that was going to turn, that that worm was going to turn. It was going to wind up being some sort of, of barroom brawl to try to figure out who's going to get points there. Whereas yeah. the one nil of Miami FC was like, yeah, you know what? It, it might be enough. They may be able to I mean, ride this you- thing out. Right. And 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 this, here's another game where the scoreline doesn't tell the whole story because Billy Forbes is being denied, you know, from point blank range at least oh, two different times, you know, <laughs> yes. and, and, and you start to worry. It's twofold, right? You're like, okay, Miami had it in the bag. Game could have easily ended 4-0. But then you also look at it from the Billy Forbes perspective and you're like, dude needs to hit the back of the net before he starts getting in his own head here about, you know, that he's snake bit or that it's something that he's not doing. I think he needs to, you know, keep taking his chances in front of the net. He's got to put one away. And when he puts the first one away, I think we're going to see them come in bunches. Um, because I do think he's a dynamic player. He gets behind the back line every single time. He's got a very, very quick first step that is going to trouble a lot of defenders in the USL, you know, but again, you, you know, we're looking at New York Red Bulls, uh, to not a team that is, you know, historically somebody who is going to 
you know, be a mover and a shaker uh, at USL. Cause again, these are the reserve guys uh, for, for the MLS squad, you know, Hartford is sitting there, uh, you know, fourth in the table, one spot ahead. And again, you lost a, a one nil heartbreaker there that you really should have probably gotten at least a point out of. Um, and then you look at Ludon United sitting at the bottom of the table in the Eastern Conference. So as you mentioned, right, the schedule is only going to get harder for Miami FC. And it's going to get harder and it's going to get harder a lot faster because their next two games are against the Tampa Bay Rowdies and the Charlotte Independents. So the Tampa Bay Rowdies, now you're going to have to travel to Al Lang. Of course, they're starting the season off 3-0-0 against decent competition. And yes. guess what? They've got an 8-1 to goal difference. Right they, you know, they're plus seven on the... On, on the marker here. So you really do have to uh, kind of think a little bit here, what's going to be the game plan? Because I think gone are the days of, you know, realizing Miami's going to put four or five or six past an opponent. Those days are gone. I don't think they're coming back. But now I think we're going to be looking at a mindset that we need to be sound defensively. The more sound we are defensively, the higher the likelihood of the chance that we're going to be stealing all three points. I think that it was um, a good omen for Miami FC to be able to play a New York team and get a win. Um, because thinking back to the, the good old days, the teams that always seem to give Miami fits were New York and Tampa, right? So it, those are always the, the, the dates that you had circled on the calendar that always brought the highest intensity and, and the most interesting games from a neutral perspective, even though they put you at one foot in the grave as a fan, because it was always so tense and something would go right or go wrong at the very end. But, um, but yeah, I think that this is a real statement game, like a real, real, real statement game for, um, for Miami FC, not, not only for the purposes of the, the uh, interstate rivalry, which was so good back in the NASL days and you're, you're hoping can get there again. Um, but again, like you said, just for positioning in the table, right? You're chasing down Tampa. Right now, Tampa, and, and really for the last few years in the USL, Tampa has been one of those teams that has set the standard, right? They were the odds on favor to win the title last year. Um, did they wind up, I forget, did they wind up settling that they would were the champion after things were canceled? Man, 2020 is such a blur to me that I have no I know, idea. I can barely, I, I can yeah. barely remember last week, but. What did you um, have for breakfast this morning? Because I, yeah, I, I think know. I may have had true, a cookie and a coffee. I'm not sure. True story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like they were clearly in a position to take the, the USL championship last year and there's no reason to think they can't again you know i mean they, they can't do any better than what they've done um so but it, it should be a lot of fun it should be a lot of fun to see um and i don't know it feels like i don't know with this game it, it feels like you're starting to get back to a place where you feel like a, a little more normal with the soccer schedule and with just kind of everything it's just a, a nice week of build up to a big miami tampa game um I don't know. It just feels right. It feels good. I, f- I feel like the real soccer season, like after a year more of delay, like it's really kicking off. It should be a, this weekend should be a lot of fun. And you know what it is too. And, and maybe it's the fact that we haven't been able to get to a game yet this season because the games have been behind closed doors. And obviously we've sent our crew out, but you know, you and I haven't actually been in a building now in, in quite some time. Um, yeah. It, it's calm going into a Tampa week, right? Normally there's that kind of that, that little bit of buzz and a little bit of electricity going into yeah. a Tampa week. And I, I'm not going to say that it's not there at the training grounds because I'm sure that it is. But, you know, you kind of see the banter, the banter would pick up. And, you know, a lot of it is just coming from 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 Tampa side, the, the banter and the riling. And it's like, it's almost as if they're not 3-0-0 
you know, and 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 that you know they, they need like a pick me up here, you know. Whether it's you know, it's it's very odd. I I feel like I'm in a weird position when you're seeing the commentary, you know, flying at Miami FC and and Miami FC is just like, all right, cool. Like you 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 need something to worry about? Like do you need you need your own pick me up? If you need your own pick me up, sure, shoot your shit, that's fine. But I mean, you know, it doesn't really bother me. We're gonna go in there, take a point probably, and 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 you know, call it an evening. And and realistically, for the amount of shit I'm I'm seeing spewing from coming Tampa's way, you better take all three points here, dude. Any anything short than that, that that's not good. It's Looking always good you, to Mike. know that. Looking at you. Ah <laughs> uh, man, um, yeah. Uh, uh, it's it's good to know that after all these years and all the controversies and uncertainty and instability that uh, Miami-Dade County has a nice piece of real estate uh, for itself on the other side of the county, uh, deep within the heads of all Tampa-based <laughs> soccer fans. Um, it That doesn't change. And, uh, you know, we, we like to be as, uh, you know, uh, as uh, fair as possible when whenever we talk about these two teams, but it would be very satisfying to take three points away and oh, bring it back oh, across alligator those Listen, Matt, those open cup wounds run deep clearly, as you can tell. Yes. They, they run deep. Well, you know Consulting. what? That, that had me, th- last weekend had me thinking about the open cup with FC Cincinnati. I don't know about you, but that was one of my things. Like there was a little bit of like, all right, we, we give them a little something. After what happened in the Open Cup, it's it's uh, funny because I till this day I still have I still have this very like bitter resentment towards that game, which I I don't like to express publicly because it, it bothers me. But it's also like should have just played the game the next day. What the, what the hell did you give them six weeks to prep for? And yeah. in the middle of a like you know the NASL break, and then for people who don't know what we're talking about, yes, right, we've gotten in the time machine and gone back to the middle of summer of 2017. Uh, yes. in the Miami FC Open Cup <laughs> run. And it's funny too, because like from a personal level, I'm watching that inner Miami FC Cincinnati game and I'm thinking, you need to just absolutely destroy these motherfuckers. And and not that anybody on <laughs> the pitch there has any idea why yeah. I'm thinking those thoughts. Like, that thought has not crossed not a single person, probably not a single person in the stands is even thinking about that. And I'm just yeah. sitting on my couch like, I hope they win 10 nil. I just, just, just absolutely like the, the goalie's not even there anymore. I just, I hope they win 10 nil. Yeah, man. What, what a time, what a time that was. Hopefully they come back again. We need the open cup kicking off. We need, we need all that stuff to come back and, and, and get I back mean, this is lives. the thing. If, if we're going to sit here and, you know, after calling out Tampa, I might as well call out us soccer while we're at it too. Right. So if we're going to sit here, we're going to reopen everything. We're going to have full stadiums at the MLS level. Why the hell are we not having just a normal open cup started later in the year? And you know what? Let's just play the full thing. Let's get everybody going and let's do it then. Because if clearly you're going to allow full stadiums in, you know, even in the midst of a, of a, of a, of a tail end of a pandemic, Let's just go full throttle here, baby. Let's do it across the board. Let's have a U.S. Open Cup. Let's get every team in that should be in, and let, let's see what happens. Let, let's see. Let's let's let it go. I I would love to see that. I think that I worry that we're too far past the uh, past the point of no return uh, on that. But I I would love to see it. I think I mean we so badly need uh, Inter Miami FC so badly in in a real competitive game. It would be so much fun, but that's another discussion for another day, I guess. But um, in the meantime, again, this weekend, two big games to look forward to. You've got Inter-Miami traveling to the Windy City to take on Chicago Fire at um, 
Soldier Field. That's on Saturday night at six o'clock. Omar, I'm remembering that correctly? Correct. Saturday night, six o'clock. And then you've got uh, really the big one, uh, I think. The, the big one, the classic rivalry, Miami FC versus Tampa Bay Rowdies. Um, that should be 7.30 Saturday night. So the nice part about it is that hopefully you'll know what the result is in Chicago before you switch <laughs> the channel over to ESPN Plus and watch the game on Tampa. And I wonder if you think Ryan's going to be on the call. I think Sudol might be on the call on that one. <laughs> I think it, I think it might be possible. I think it might, it might be, possible. be possible. Yes. Um, but yeah, it should be it, it should be a really fun weekend. These two teams playing simultaneously. Um, just a delight for soccer fans. It, it should be really really good. Um, Omar, anything else to add? I think we I think we've covered our bases. Heartbroken that the women's international champions cup has decided to not come back to South Florida. Uh, after an incredible uh, opening event a few years back. Uh, the tournament will be taking place in Portland again between Olympic Leonese. God, they're so good. Uh, yes. The the Portland Rain, I believe it is the Portland Rain. No, it's the Seattle Rain. No, sorry, Portland Thorns. Jesus Christ, Portland I'm Thorns. so happy. Yeah. Nobody listens to us from that side of the, uh, from that side of the country. <laughs> Barcelona, and there's a fourth team, and I don't remember who the fourth team European is. European Champions Barcelona. Yes, European Champions Barcelona. Who's the fourth team? It's, it's Lyon. It's uh, Barcelona, it's the Thorns, and it is the Houston Dash. That's who it is. It's the Houston Dash. So two MLS teams taking across, uh, you know, of course, the European champions in Barcelona and the always formidable uh, Lyon side. Um, And it'll be an interesting tournament. I'll definitely be watching it. um, And it's always a fun display of soccer. It's actually a really good display of soccer. But, you know, it's going to be a busy few weeks here coming up because we've got Gold Cup action. MLS will be taking a break for that. Then we've got, you know, even though the United States is not in the Olympics, uh, you know, God forbid the U.S. 20 team or U.S. 23 team, my apologies, ever decides to qualify for that tournament again. Uh, You know, so it's going to be a very busy run-up of soccer here. Um, Definitely going to be very interesting. We've got a lot to talk about, a lot going on. And, you know, the thing is, we've got games being played in our backyard here. That's for damn sure. You know, Fort Lauderdale uh, is going to be hosting quite a few preliminary round games here uh, between teams looking to get their place in the Gold Cup. Yeah, I mean, that'll be... Super fun to see uh, a lot of games being played. You know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of cleats on the ground in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Um, you know, one of the big selling points for the club in its pitch for Miami Freedom Park in, in Miami is the fact that uh, you know they'll be able to attract the kind of like world class soccer events uh, that that really appeal to a wide swath of the South Florida soccer marketplace, even for fans that may not be tuned into MLS. And this Gold Cup kind of qualifying really should illustrate that. It should, it should be quite interesting to see. Man, Cuba playing in, in South Florida for has to be the first time ever, right, on July 3rd? Does that, does that yeah. seem right to you? That, that, um, that's, that's something. And you know what? Not to be outdone, the day before, the Haitian national team will be taking the field too. So there's going to be a lot of a local support, you know, obviously on more on one side than the other, right? But um, yeah. there's going to be a lot of local support for that Haitian national team against uh, St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Okay, before we end the call, there's one thing just off the top of my head that I want to check to see. Okay. So I don't, uh, my, my only guess would be, uh, and I'm sure if, please, uh, this is actually an invitation. Um, if you're aware of the Cuban national team playing in South Florida before, please do let us know. Uh, the only thing that comes to mind, and now I'm trying kind of filibustering to see, I'm wondering if, uh, you yeah, know, it doesn't look like they would have qualified for the 96 Olympics um, 
for men or women. No, I don't see. So, um, Did the yeah, Cuban and, baseball team even play here during the World Baseball Classic? Because I, I don't think they played a game in Florida. Or, or did they? I, I, I can't look. No, because I'm thinking, I know Colombia and the United States were here. And I'm trying to remember the other two teams. I don't think it was Cuba. I could be wrong, but I, I don't think it was Cuba. Yeah, that's a good – I now have a, some homework to dive into. Uh, <laughs> when's the last time, if any, that a Cuban national team competed in South Florida? But, yeah, that'll be quite an interesting scene, quite an interesting scene. Yeah, so well. um, Yeah, so, Omar, it's been good talking to you, buddy. Uh, where can folks reach out to you if they're so inclined? You can reach out to me on Twitter at Mubayat11. Uh, we're going to have a lot of good recaps and pregame articles coming up. Lee Fence's weekend roundup over the last weekend, even though we're a few days behind, is definitely still something you should be checking Thanks, out. Thanks, WordPress. Uh, yeah, no, WordPress <laughs> absolutely screwed us this weekend. Let me tell you yeah. that. Um, you know, Joel Delgado is doing a fantastic job with the Miami FC previews. I can't thank him enough for his contribution. Nick Nunez, man, he's got the upgraded camera. He's good to go. So the images are going to yes. be rolling in. So we're working. We're moving. It's a lot of new guys taking a lot of the reins here. Lee always doing the heavy lifting as always, which I kind of feel bad. Great about. work on Instagram. The Instagram yes. may have been oh, Lee. 100%. Uh, if you haven't checked that wonderful. Instagram, if you haven't checked out our Instagram, we are now above 1,000 followers. We've been a little bit over that on Twitter for quite some time because that's been our focal point to get news out to you. But the Instagram over at Magic City Sock, that's pretty much Lee's baby. I, nobody else is going to be able to take credit for it anymore. Uh, yeah, doing a fantastic bang-up job. And, then, you know, we, we cannot thank him enough. We're always indebted to him. Yeah. So, yeah, again, as Omar mentioned, you can check us out at Magic City Soccer on every social media platform except for instagram instagram it's even easier it's just magic city sock with one c at the end um and uh, mubai at 11 you can reach omar you can reach me at matthew s bunch uh and we love to get your feedback uh, we'd love for you to follow us uh, on social media follow us on your preferred podcast platform uh leave us a review if you like what we're doing let us know if you don't like what we're doing mention it but still give us five stars because that helps us out um if you got a real problem you don't want to leave us five stars just message us we'll we'll do we'll, we'll be happy to take your feedback there um but yeah you know we uh we are proud to be one of the larger independent you know soccer media platforms covering multiple levels of the pyramid uh really a rarity in south florida's in the south florida soccer landscape uh, and we we keep on keeping on um so omar it's been great talking to you buddy it was a pleasure, my friend. We'll do it again next week. So until next time, he's been Omar Mubayad. I've been Matthew Bunch. Uh, the only thing left to say is go Miami FC. Go beat those Tampa Rowdies. Go enter Miami. Don't screw up in Chicago. And go Miami soccer. How do you put Drew's photo on a milk carton? I feel like he's been MIA for quite some time. <laughs>